abide by this fucking recording session happening in my fucking kitchen. Space beef like, band, like, god damn like, it. She's hungry for Mongolia barbecue and dick. Basically, what's gonna happen is every week we're gonna offer to suck Mark and Steve, yeah, do you okay. realize how bad of an idea this was? This is an idiot show. This is our episode. Yeah, exactly. How backstreet boys? It's like, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Oh, shit, we gotta be over here. here. <laughs> like, as a friend, <laughs> as a friend, come on, guys. An incredibly poor decision and literally betrays everything that the beat section is about. All right, welcome to another episode of the Lost Beat Six Show. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, the DRE, and we got Punish Steve as well, What's and up? the original guest of the, uh, the Lost Beat Six Show. Actually. The original Swap. host. You were the guest. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was the host. Yeah, I never thought I'd end up posting back in those no, days. You were the only one that was actually buying it. This is fun. Yeah, I'll still hang out. Yeah, fuck it. And then, you know, that was the birth of uh, uh, Terry Gross, the ultimate adversary. <laughs> yeah. Everything started on that night, and, and Calvin was a part of it. God, was that? Night of January, early January. January 2016, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been about two and a half years since. Mm-hmm. We're finally back. Welcome back. Welcome back, Calvin. Hi, guys. It's me. It's Calvin. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to run this. I've never played the drums before. <laughs> not that much show up in the first uh, first minute. I, I, uh, I, I, I took that bet, so I looks like I made some good money. But um, uh, You've been in Seattle for uh, about a year now, right? Yep. I've been here, or I guess I've been there for a year. Um, I'm back here in Los Angeles, and it's just absolutely great to be back. We had some Tommy's. I've had Tommy's in like a year. Yeah, some good chili burgers. Yeah. And uh, they bring the beef, they bring the sauce. Exactly. Beef and sauce, the two essential things for any podcast that we do. It's good to chill with the beefers again. It's been, it's been a long time that you guys have paid in this awesome podcast. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Now I'm on it as a guest. I'm not entirely sure what I'm supposed to do, but it's it's cool. It's cool to be on. Yeah, we we, we have some good conversations on here. Take some shots. You got you have a mark that uh, I made about three times too strong for you. Yeah, I, I I figure that's kind of part and parcel in how how the podcast got so good. <laughs> it's definitely a core ingredient. A, yeah, it was a key key essential. So you've been in Seattle for a year at the University of Washington, right? Yep, that is true. I and uh, I'm a research associate. Is that, is that now at risk from putting on the show? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Like, I mean, is that in jeopardy? Are you still on the show? Is that now in jeopardy? Could they revoke your scholarship? Could they revoke? Well, I mean, it's not really a scholarship. It's kind of a long story, but. That, I don't think so. I mean, as long as I talk about science, honestly, you know, true, and I don't, you know, I don't get into, like, our 4chan days, I think we should be fine. <laughs> In those days that still are going on, oh, wait, never no. uh, So, uh, what exactly are you? I think Dan Romanoff fucking tweeted. I'm sorry, I really have to point in that this, at the time of this recording, Dan Harmon finally, like, done what he should have been a long time ago and he just deleted his Twitter account. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped following him after uh, Trump won because his account just became insufferable. Whereas it used to be sometimes funny, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> this, yeah. this is really annoying." I mean, I've gone to a couple of Harmontowns uh, where it was like, "I mean, Harmontown's great. I love Dan Harmon, but like the guy's Twitter is trash." It's yeah, I should have deleted it a long time ago. Yeah, it's, it's just beef. It's, it's, uh, it's really I, I don't know how it's evolved during the presidency. It was about a month in where I was like, oh, okay, uh, this is really annoying. But enough on that aside. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Every time Fortune, we all know every time Fortune comes to the news, it's because of fucking Oh, well, yeah, they're the new... Uh, 
landing spot, it was V back in like the Gamergate shit. Yeah. And before that, it was B. Now it's all like uh, phone posting and R. The Donald has flooded 4chan with hundreds of thousands of insufferable teenagers and complete idiots that now all go and post on Paul and they are the bane of every 4chan user's existence. So we just want to make sure when people say 4chan it's that and not you know, the not not the good stuff that they've always done. Yeah. Not that many people would uh, share that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> not the anarcho-syndicalist communes. Like, no, no, they they, sure they would. Uh, the fucking frog is not <laughs> a symbol of the alt right. Yeah, but it, it was labeled as such. You have been uh, in this field for about seven years now, or is it six? Oh boy, I mean, it's kind of a lot. Because you started out uh, researching film. Yeah, well, yeah, I started off as a film student, right, and that was where, those are some good days. That's when I really started hanging out with, uh, with Steve here more. Yeah, uh, in the Northridge in days. the Northridge days, mm-hmm. chilling in the uncanny valley. <laughs> um, yeah, I started off in, uh, in film, and, uh, you know, then, then... I guess it's this is the time I guess I should talk about it. I was in the hospital for a couple of years. Yeah, it was it was a rough stretch for a while. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I guess to people that don't know, I had uh, I had two cancers. How many brothers fell victim to the street? <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead yet. Come on. It's a little louder than I thought it would be. <laughs> I had uh, I had, uh, I had two cancers at the same time, and so I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Yeah, you can still see the uh, Red Rocket and the Baby Ducks recordings that we made in the UCLA Medical Center. Yeah, so I guess it's they're on YouTube. Yeah, it's totally on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, they're on my YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically. Um, Boy, should we start all the way from the beginning and talk about the definitives? And the well, yeah, we, I mean, we haven't really discussed much definitives on the, the pod. Wow, so we could just dive right in. I don't like to talk about those days. You know, I, I'm, I'm finally, I've come full circle. I, I, I look back at it as a, you know, a great learning experience. I like the definitives. It's almost 10 years. It's time for them to make a comeback. You know, it has been 10 years. Over 10. I released the definitive hits. <laughs> released is a good word. Uh, I've recorded the definitive hits. Uh, uh, in February 2008, so it's it's been over 10 years. And uh, let me tell you, um, <laughs> there was there was some stuff we used for the definitives, you know. Uh, and there's I think there's still a couple things in there, but um, basically it was me on my dad's laptop. And I directly plugged in from my guitar because I didn't have any XLRs or a preamp or whatever, or a mic. Had nothing. I basically took uh, a quarter inch uh, cable, put slapped a one eighth inch adapter, and plugged it into the laptop's mic jack. And the only program I saw on the computer that could record was this thing called Windows Sound Recorder which you could only record 30 seconds at a time so I would have these two to five minute songs that would be only guitar or guitar and bass and I would have to do them in 30 second chunks and then splice them together like in Windows Sound Recorder you could edit things to be longer than 30 seconds but you could only record 30 seconds at a time so I would have to do a trick where um, because it's so basic, it's just a little bar that the, the little icon moves across the timeline, so there's no fine editing. I would record a half-second clip so I could use, I could actually like space things properly by like pasting that into the, the song. So occasionally I fuck it up and like there's like a half like note like where things are off, but editing those songs together took hours and was the worst fucking thing ever, but I actually made a couple coherent pieces. That was, that was the start of 
well, but eventually I guess become Lost Beat 6, which is us chilling in Camarillo in suburbia. In 2008, yeah, that was, that was kind of the beginning. That, that's when I had Alex, uh, or uh, adversary, I should say, uh, join the band. And Terry Gross, Ultimate Adversary, my uh, original drummer, my brother, before Steve. Steve joins the, the picture a year later in 2009. And then uh, Jake on the, uh, on the vocals. And we didn't have a name, but when we played uh, Wainimi Elementary School in summer of 2008, or maybe right before summer, like right before they got out, because they have a little like uh, end of the year kind of assembly entertainment. We got to the point where we had already set up, we were backstage, and they were like, all right, what's your band's name? And at that point, we didn't even have a name like yet. Spider-Man. Like yeah. <laughs> what's your name? Yeah, it's basically that. I was like, well, we have to introduce you. What's your name? We're like, shit. The only thing that's like... Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Like Shit. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the Like Shit podcast. We're going to be on the side. So, yeah, I, uh, we had kind of joked that, you know, the only name we could potentially throw out was The Definitives because I um, put together that CD and it was called Eric Moulton, The Definitive Hits because, you know, I had, uh, had such a long and illustrious career that I decided to put all my hits on one CD. <laughs> And that turned into the name, which is still one of the worst names. It is. Yeah, I like it. We, I mean, we couldn't think of any. We got better at naming or putting names together much, much later. This is this is like the early days. Yeah, this is the fucking high school shit. We were just fucking I still idiots. I like the name of the Definitives. I also like my name for the cover band for the Definitives, which was the Derivatives. The Derivatives. Yeah. That's right. I yeah. No, that's that's, uh, almost, that's like still in the works. Yeah. yeah. I like Tyler Nichols' solo album, Spare Change. Spare Change. <laughs> That's right. But here's, here's the thing, Calvin. I don't think you remember this, but basically, the way I joined the Definitives, I didn't know what they were called until you told me that's what the band was called. So, um, what happened was there was a talent show that happened in 2010. That's correct. And um, it was, I want to say spring, March, yeah, was, somewhere around yeah. there. And you guys were in need of a drummer, and I don't know how, I don't know how, how I, who knows how ever say I don't know how Terry knew. He was the bass player at the time. He knew, I don't yeah. know how he knew I, I played drum, although I just mentioned him once or twice. I don't remember. But for, from word of mouth, he found out that I was a drummer. That's right. And, um, Asked me to join in, in a trial run. Yeah, and, and you and I had known each other from uh, freshman year in England. At the time, I was super huge in the Beatles. I mean, I still like the Beatles, of course, but that was, like, back when they were my all-time favorite, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, everything, Beatles. So we, we bonded over that for a while. And then, um, yes, two years later, junior year, uh, you were the big Cardinals fan. I'm a big Dodger fan. And second period, we had chemistry and Miss Sue, who is the ultimate not-give-a-fuck teacher I think of all time she was amazing I deserved probably a D plus but I think I got like a B plus like she she just like bless her soul I love Miss Sue and if you disagreed with her she would kick you she like had a bit of a violent side, but this, like, 2009, it was a different time. But yeah, so we had known each other kind of vaguely throughout yeah. high school. Yeah. Never really were part of the same primary friend group, but yeah. Like hovering, passing ships to the night sort of thing? Yeah. But in senior year, yeah, when the uh, talent up. show was showing up, yeah, show up or approaching. Like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, there's Tyler. Cardinals. I kind of yeah. know him. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler had joined the band at that point. I knew That's right. More, I knew adversary more than anybody else. Correct. And Jake had no idea. Who the hell he was. Yeah, I thought Jake he, two years younger than everyone else I in the band. He was a so. cameraman the first time I saw him. <laughs> and then he was also Oh, that's right. Movie. We had to film the demo to yeah. send to fucking ASB, who sucked ass. So and did a terrible job in our uh, sound check, but you know. Yeah. So yeah, the definitives. Yeah, uh, which is you know, which I, I, were kind of still a current offshoot. You know, the primary three members of the definitives post, you know, talent show yeah. are the three primary members the of space the psychedelic space suit band. So, um, but the next day, and I, I must have passed the audition or made it work. I don't really remember 
drummer. Huh? I basically I just needed a drummer that uh, could play. Yeah, I had low standards. <laughs> I was my my brother at the time had fallen deep into an Xbox Live addiction and had refused to play the drums. I I would beg him. I'd be like, "Come on, let's fucking play. We used to play." And he would just no. So uh, I was I was desperate for a drummer. Yeah. And I was all right. He's great. This is good. I, I played once with uh, Chandler Juicy in oh, um, yeah. uh, sophomore year, I want to say, when we recorded um, the uh, Stadt Oderland Stadt video, Oderland. Uh, a classic. And I were bitter rivals. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I did not know Who at the time. Who was bitter rivals But Chandler. he and I were the only two drummers in advanced band in middle school. Ah. Uh, Runs so deep. He, yeah, and he was actually the better drummer, too. And he played with me first, Steve. Sorry. Yeah. He, you know, he, he, he won in both regards. I'm not your second. <laughs> but, um, uh, so yeah, after that, it was clear that, uh, Steve was interested in making music as I was. He, you had come off of, uh, a previous band, uh, uh, John Doe Jersey, Jersey yeah. in your early high school days as well. That was just kind of Yeah, I don't think that had ever been as serious as the Definitives had tried to be in terms yeah. of songwriting. So oh, we. Sorry, the, the, I had to finish. The very next day after I, I passed, the, passed the test. Right. Calvin comes up to me during lunch, the lunch hour and he goes, So, I see you're the new drummer of the Definitives. I'm like, The who? <laughs> No, the definitive. The definitive. I'm like, did, did I, I, I guess I must have not even told you what the band name was, probably because I was ashamed of it. <laughs> that that's, that sounds accurate. I didn't really care what the name was. I was just like, you're like, what? All right, sweet. Like, it's just man. I guess they have a name. Yeah. So, anyway, so it, it, it all kind of worked out. Yeah. That doesn't even yet tell us a lot about who we all were at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that talent show, we ended up taking second place. Which, the only reason I think we didn't win first is because the group that won was the... Um, 25 people. 25 people. So they had quite a few people voting in the audience. They probably had, you know, upwards of 100 people that were going to vote for them no matter what. Yeah. And we were five people, and we took second, got 50 bucks, yeah, yeah. which went towards a mic, the Red Heller. That's right. Which is in my garage to this day, <laughs> somewhere. But, um, yeah, no, it was a uh, somewhat successful show in my mind, successful overall. I couldn't hear myself in uh, when I turned on my distortion, which in the video, which you filmed, Calvin. I, I was just watching it right now. I, you could hear me when I turn on the distortion. Like, I don't get quieter, but I don't know what happened. I thought it cut. Like, I thought my my pedal was broken. Yeah. Which, I think you see me kind of dicking around with the pedal in the second verse, and I don't use distortion later on, because I'm like, right. oh, it's not working. Yeah. Even though it totally was. So I still kind of regret that. I mean, looking at the footage right now, it's got like this, uh... It does. It, when I was filming it, it didn't have like this nostalgic like quality to it. But now it's like looking at the washed out colors and like the, the handheld camcordiness of it. It looks different than like a cell phone. Camera. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> it's probably uh, <laughs> But which hat do you have on for this one? Brown one. The brown. Oh, that's right. What's on? This was also back in the era that I think lasted until I guess probably uh, Mr. Lonely of like Steve always had a nice hat on whenever we yeah. played live, which was I was sad to see it end, but yeah. it, it was a good run. There's a part of it that's never quite. I still don't have any hat. <laughs> it's just that um, it, it needs a good outfit to wear. My passion sense True. is deteriorated back to like. And you and I are now like wearing black polos every day because that's we have to work. <laughs> I work in black polos. We work in black polos for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. True. So it's just like fuck. It's comfortable. It's it's. Hey, you're goddamn right. It's comfortable. And and uh, I'm I'm now fat enough where I have to wear black to slim down. <laughs> I know the feel, man. So, <laughs> so it's become it's become a, a whole. Reason why I haven't been as flashy as I used to dress nicely, and I, I don't anymore. <laughs> I never still, did. I still, I still bring the heat when it comes down to like a, when the hat game. When I go down to LA, just to see if you know, friends play shows and stuff. 
or it, I know there's people who are either there. Right, right. You know, I'll, I'll make I'll make an arrangement to wear something. Something. Because ten years later, it's like a throwback. I think the, the original Definitive's performance is still on Google Video from the Wynemi Elementary. That's a good one. Uh, Google Video? Google Video. That's where uh, Adversary posted it. You can see our punk rock version of Let It Be that, uh, you know, in retrospect was a bad idea. But, you know, um, based on the kind of uh, lineup we had, it was really the only way we could have played that song. We still have the... Uh, what did did we film those? Yeah. We did. Was okay. Part of it, yeah. Uh that may have been Tyler's account or I don't know who filmed it. On, I don't think it's on YouTube. There's like some small snippets when I made those ads for some of the shows. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. What song did you guys play at the challenge again? So the first we did a morning and an afternoon set. The morning set we just did um Say It Ain't So and Let It Be two covers. In the afternoon, we did the same two, but also uh, a song called Mankins, named after Logan Mankins, an offensive lineman for the Patriots, who, uh, because back in those days, I, I used to play uh, Madden 07 all the time, and I, like, play as the Patriots because they were, they were my team, which is a story into itself, but yeah. not quite as interesting, but... Uh, it's well, you know what is an interesting story when you vandalized Wikipedia? Oh, I actually, I did change, yeah, I went to his Wikipedia page and I changed, I, or I added in a thing at the end. I was like, he has a song named after him by the Definitives. <laughs> and that's how it was up for like it. a month. <laughs> yeah, I th I, dude, I forgot about that. You should that. popular should re Okay, you need to re-record it and repost it. <laughs> So they actually have a source to it. <laughs> yeah, right. We whip that shit up on Spotify. It's, no, 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 no. It's there. Yeah. It's there. I, yeah, totally true. True of it. There was even lyrics at one point. Um, Logan Mankins of the offensive line. Like, I had a whole thing I did that went along with it. I, I think the lyrics still exist somewhere that's in, like, very, a notebook. but like uh, a 70s Steelers song. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, that, that was our third song in the afternoon set. And the show was so popular that um, according to Adversary's mom, who was a teacher at the school at the time, it shut down classes for the rest of the day. <laughs> and we were not invited back the next year because we were too much of a distraction. Like they were like uh, like fourth and fifth graders, like trying to climb fences to like take pictures with Jake and like get close to him. We're like, we each signed like a hundred autographs for children <laughs> that day. We were the, like the craziest thing they'd ever seen. And then it was fucking day, bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> we never got back to that <laughs> level of success. Definitive mania. <laughs> yeah, it literally was that, that day. Like I shit you not like fucking like you guys in four newspapers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of like middle schoolers. Like, 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 Not even middle schoolers. Like it was yeah, K through five. Like through five. the morning pretty, show yeah. was for K through three. And then the afternoon was fourth and fifth. And uh, yeah, it was it was insane. Were you creating your hard days in fantasy? We were living it. There was, there was like, I shit you not. It was that ridiculous. Like we were walking celebrities. You know, we're all, you know, uh, 14 to 16 white kids playing music. And this is like lower class Hispanic, you know, children that have never you know seen a show like this. Sorry. I just have to point out. And it, it all comes full circle. when We did a photo session last year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, at the beach. beach. Yeah. Super close right to where that was. That school. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. The photo session for the Meet the Beefers. Yeah, you know. Um, it's like poetry. Nine years <laughs> later. Whatever. Yeah, it's like George Lucas at Ryan's. <laughs> you can no, see where it's all going to go. That that day was crazy. I've, I've never seen anything like that. But anyway, so um, after the, uh, the talent show, you know, we actually got into it. We started college. You know, we started uh, writing more, you know, music that was a little more complex and you know we had apathy song which you wrote which you know was the the, the big crowd pleaser yeah i wrote the we made the music video <laughs> he did i wrote the shits too <laughs> oh a good story is my uh my first really really bad hangover actually no my second was um the day after uh two days after the ducky in the pond show oh. <laughs> so the night after the ducky in the pond show me and several members of Mr. Lonely convene. Well, we'll become Mr. Lonely. Uh, correct. They weren't Mr. Lonely at the time. 
I still hadn't given it a name. Explain what Ducky in the Pond is. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> you do like yeah. two sentences. That's literally like two separate two podcasts. Points. And this is we're actually case. contractually obligated to not talk about it <laughs> until uh, Ducky's death or fifty years have passed since uh, July 2011. So we we actually can't talk we have about 43 it. Forty three years ago. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I, 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 uh, the night after that performance, um, me and several other members of the group, uh, notably the only one missing being Steve, who I would meet the next morning, uh, got together. My grandmother was uh, visiting Sweden at the time, so she lived uh, in, it's like a, what would you call that second story thing? It's an apartment. Yeah, it's kind of like an apartment that's attached to my folks' place. So the place was empty, so... Um, me and three of the uh, three other members of the band uh, got together and did a little celebration. You know, we do the show, so we celebrate. And uh, me and the senior member, kind of band leader, drink uh, raspberry Smirnoff, and he's he's fresh from like a hard like partying college. He's a sophomore. He's like, all right, we're chasing with high fives. I'm like, oh shit, I've never done that. But you know, I'm 19. I'm like, fuck it, we'll do it. So we drink to the point where there's a balcony up here. <laughs> or up there and it gets to the point where deep in the night I, I do not have the tolerance at the time and I'm like throwing up over the balcony on my dad's Prius and like <laughs> the uh, the other member that is the senior member of uh, the group is like hosing it off also you know had drank probably more than me and then my brother gets home from I think partying himself he's like what the hell's going on and then he's just like uh, your, your brother had food poisoning. Like, it's it's good. Like he's just, like, totally chill. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah, it's like a, a completely like absolute pro at you know. I guess he would have been twenty at the time, but yeah. The day cool. after, uh, me and uh, Steve were set to record uh, the first Defendants record. So um, yeah, Steve gets there, and I'm like so hungover that on the drive from my house to his which is a one mile drive probably tops maybe mile and a half two okay at the halfway point there's a burger king <laughs> kind of like an intersection where we take a turn maybe it's a little past the halfway point but i'm so hungry i can't even sit in this car i'm just like oh my god i need to get out I, get, I think I got like four chicken nuggets. I couldn't even finish them. So we get back and then we record for the album. And it's some of the best tracks on the album. <laughs> yeah. I have like, I still don't know what the hell happened. Like how I was able to even play. Either. That was recorded on this M box right here. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. What we're uh, using right now. Yeah. That was kind of the the high point that of was, the definitives. That was the it was that summer? Track. Like we were playing. Like, what happened afterwards? And... We, we we would typically play a show every month or two, and we kind of learned that it was just a pay to play bullshit business. Yeah. And we were young and got roped into it. Like we had played two shows. Get this. So in December 2010, we played Rock City, Camarillo. And we had played a second show at the fucking um, the Guitar Merchant. So a really crappy, like, it's a guitar shop's, like, back of house or, like, separate side. So we had played two shows, December 2010 and February uh, 2011. A couple, two months later, no, one month later, maybe less, I get a fucking call from the guy that runs the booking for Whiskey A Go Go, uh, M Productions. By the way, fuck that company. If uh, you're listening, uh, Tom Delaney, what's his name? Fuck you. He hit so us up for Psychedelic Space Week Band. I never responded. He? Yeah, he totally did. No, 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 not not him. Uh, the guy for the uh, Guitar Merchant. That I, guy. I, 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 I feel I feel sad for that guy that yeah. he's still working Guitar Merchant. How did he get a hold of you? I don't know. That's bizarre. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah, I never yeah. responded to the guitar merchant guy. I mean, not not that like. I think it might have on the website. Maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but anyway, we we get uh, a, an offer to play the whiskey a go go, and of course, you know, at the time I'm 19, I've I've seen the Doors movie, you know, I know yeah. what the whiskey means. I'm just like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, they want us to play the, the whiskey a go go. Last minute call. Like, yeah. You need to, so it's like early opening. You know, we only need like six tickets. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So like, my mind's blown. I'm like, we've. We've been a band playing live for three months, and now we're gonna be playing the whiskey a go go. Like this is fucking great. Like this is an opportunity, you know. Yeah, my my whole family was like, "This is incredible," you know. Like, so we we think this, you know, this definitive thing. Maybe we could uh, gain a fan base or whatever. So we play the show, and it crucial concert. It's okay, you know. It's it's not a bad show. Uh, The sounds great. I remember being nervous as fuck, and right before the show. You know, I, I always kind of had a thing with the Definitives right before the set. I just 
get really queasy. I'm just like not to overstate anything, but it really was my band. I wrote every song outside of the definitive or uh, outside of the apathy song. So I really felt like these live shows were like reflective of me as a musician. So I, I really took it hard going you into taught the rest of the band. That's not other than me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I taught adversary and Tyler Nichols their parts because I wrote them. But anyway, so the definitives in my mind and maybe our minds hit some success early on we actually made money on the first guitar merchant show yeah i was given the i think it's 20 or 25 tickets to sell we sold like 40. well it was only early on because everyone was like oh i'll see your band and then it was like hey you want to see us for the fourth time i was like no not really We, we, we turned a profit early on and then things kind of collapsed with the um rock city show that we did in november 2011 that yeah it was like that's where we, we made the investment show. yeah we put out the album we had the t-shirts and yeah we had the, that's when we had the t-shirts wow. and um not to say it was a bad show or that there was no one there but for the kind of turnout and you know sales for merch we were expecting it it was you know pretty much a failure yeah and this was after the uh, the Ducky thing, so you and I were kind of shifting because this is November 2011. Yeah, we also did the Key Club thing. The Key Club was another the same year. That yeah, was like that, that was in September. That was sapping. And the that key- was that was a six hundred dollar show. We we paid essentially we paid them six hundred dollars to play thirty minutes. Yeah, it it was, and uh, I think it was fucking God, who who was opening the guy from Rat. I want to say the singer. It's Stephen Piercy. See, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Was, he was the headliner. Uh huh. <laughs> what a fucking weird show. And fortunately, we've outlasted the Key Club too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they're no longer around. Press S to spit on their grave. But anyway, um, that 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 show was kind of the end of things. It was pretty clear that um, you and me, Steve, were shifting towards the other group as we were picking up and getting more and more success. Yeah, it, it was inevitable. You know. So this is something new to me that I found out tonight. So you were the manager of the Defenders. I was for so how long? So it was a joke, basically, <laughs> because I didn't did play. I, did I, was, was this when I was in the, in, in the group? No, I didn't play an instrument, and so Eric was really the one, it was, I mean, I don't think there was any kind of, like, executive decisions for, like, right. for the defenders, we just kind of took it as we go, so, like, yeah, I was course. just around, and I didn't really play any instruments, I just, you know, I just, like, hanging out with the guys. Well, so, we should preface this, we met, <clears throat> uh, for the first time in, um, must have been, uh, junior year video productions right yeah. we didn't even know each other at all before that no but we just started hanging out and it was just like we had like always known each other for any like for a week. yeah within like weeks we were like the best friends in the class it was kind of weird <laughs> I, I think we just vibed off each other's like eccentricities autism whatever and it was like oh this guy's great <laughs> Yeah, I remember being very immediate. I was like, oh, like I, I had no clue. Like that that junior year, I was only in that class because I had to change my schedule around after I took Miss Magrin's psychology class. And she was so horrible and I was so horrified of the prospect of being in that class that I was like, I'm blowing my schedule up. So then I transferred into video production because it was a, an elective that fit what I was going for. So I was there in like day four or five. And my path was different. I was like, I'm going to be like a director. I'm yeah, you had been show. doing projects for years before. Yeah, I was just... The uh, sandwich, man. That's still a classic. <laughs> yeah, I, so in high school... I, I still know, like that video. I still think that's funny. <laughs> I don't know where I got it in my head, but I was just like, I don't know, it was kind of like an obit from community type thing. It was just like, a, I can't reach people on like a personal level, but I can reach them through the camera <laughs> type of thing. So I just got it in my head, I was just like, I'm an artist, and film is my thing. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go into video production, and like, that is my focus, and I'm going to go into film school. And, um, yeah, and then we just kind of, geez. I'm not entirely sure like what we talked about. It was yeah, just, I, I don't even remember in the it beginning. Was liter- but it was like literally within weeks. It was like 
Yeah. We were just hanging it, out. It was, yeah, it, was it just... hit the ground running the whole year. It was like, all right, you and me are getting this shit done. Yeah. Because we were honestly the two, like, the only two people that did it anything that that first year yeah like there were those um those twins that did like the snowboarding videos the yeah the cotes they are somewhat infamous in ventura county i think <laughs> oh really <laughs> probably the closest things we had to celebrities for a while <laughs> is that true what the snowboarding videos and like the wedding and then the coffee business they showed like did like I don't know that's why I, ne- I never heard of them after that I mean I don't look at local news much or maybe I'm not in the know but who are these people the Cote brothers Zach and Dylan Dylan is it Zach and Dylan Cote uh, could, I could be confusing that with Matt and Dylan, and Dylan Finney I'm thinking of Zach and Dylan Zamed. Oh, I I don't know. Which is <clears throat> friends of mine that you and you guys don't think have met. No. There's a lot of Zach and Dylan. They're not twins. Yeah, these guys are twins. They were total was, like was douche bros. No, Dylan? Matt and Dylan Finney. Matt and Dylan Finney. They weren't that bad. They were they were agreeable, but they definitely had like, uh, this kind of. The whole Prop 8 thing really soured me when we had that discussion. I'm like, fuck these guys. They were political. They had an edge to them. I mean, they weren't as bad as that one girl who was the worst. That's who we got. Christina Servi? Yeah. No, no. I'm going to take my picture with the... When did she take her picture? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. She took her picture with him. Jeff Sessions? Yeah, she took a picture with Jeff <laughs> Jeff Sessions. Are you fucking serious? No, I'm dead serious. Wait, the girl I'm talking about? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Something different. Yeah. You're talking about, she like, was like the, uh, the town whore, but, like... Something straight, heart, hey, I want to say. So, like, straight, uh, straight brown hair. Yeah, yeah, her name is not relevant, but yeah, she yeah. she was the worst of the the because like we, oh no okay. Chris, Chris Quinn who was the video production teacher was well, kind of I like a I don't remember her name but I want to say Nicolette like, Hart I want to say something like that okay all right I don't know I don't know if that's what it was it was some shit like that but yeah, you know she was uh, I think we were a character. Yeah, because obviously uh, Fall 08 was the, you know, the the Obama election. There was the Prop 8 in California, and we had the protesters out there, which I would yell outside from the van, like, fuck you. For or against Prop 8? The yes on Prop 8 people, the horrible people. (laughs) Come on. But I I think maybe part of it was you and I were definitely on the same page in a lot of those debates. We were like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? I was just like, I'm I'm tired of Republicans. Let's see if a Democrat do something for a little bit, you know, right there. You know, steer the ship left and right, you know? Yeah. I was very moderate back then. I feel like I'm, I'm more moderate now than I was then. I, yeah, yeah. Now, moderate from a standpoint of I don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, no, that those those two years in video production, you know, we definitely uh, got a lot done, actually. We made some uh, a classic, Bullets and Flowers. We made, oh, yeah, yeah, Bullets and Flowers, and you did the soundtrack. I did the soundtrack, that's right. It became the definitive hit. <laughs> it, it was uh was that song on the definitive hits yeah yeah it was wasn't it <laughs> I think I insisted on having it I'm like that's a great tune we should play that yeah 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 it was, we were <laughs> yeah. it was a German it was a German it was a German project. video so it's it's all in German and we were into in Tarantino at yes. the time because we were of course auteurs in oh yeah well I mean Liam fucking Donald was living at my house at the time and he had shown me Reservoir Dogs yeah. and I was like alright I'm, yeah. I'm going all in on Tarantino we blo- our minds were blown oh yeah at that time and so we made our own like tribute to Tarantino where we, yeah, we had the trunk scene right didn't we we had the trunk scene we had the suitcase the scene, suitcase yeah the suitcase shot um, we had was, we have Garrett collapsing <laughs> in one of the most amazing ways after getting shot it's all still up there. I mean, yeah, the whole video is up there. There's thousands of videos like this because we weren't the only person to see <laughs> no, Tarantino at the time. No, no, no. We're no. just running into like in a Vaughn's parking lot and fake shooting each other. I was one year behind. Yeah, yeah. This was a little bit before <laughs> your time. Like, Inglorious Bastards showed up. Like, what is this? Who is this Tarantino guy? <laughs> and why does he make such cool shit? Yep, yep. Um, and yeah. there, there's that. There's the uh, uh, dueling banjos one we did with Tyler, mm-hmm. where Liam Donald makes an appearance as well at the end with the uh, harmonicas. I'm still friends with Liam on Instagram. And yeah, I actually live. played some Left 4 Dead with him the other night. Really? Oh, yeah. man. I asked him to he didn't have his mic on, but he seems to be doing all right. I have, I, in February, I asked him to be our Australian correspondent. We should pursue that. And we need to pursue that. Yeah, so we have. Absolutely. He's like, he kind of said the same thing you did. He's like, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> Dude, you just need to hang out. Like, you just need to talk. 
I personally never met the guy. No, he's one of the wittiest, funniest people I've ever known in my life. He is awesome. If you think of, uh, you know, Fly the Concords, like the, the wit and humor, like he's literally fucking that. Like he was that funny. Yeah. And like quick and sharp. So I miss the guy. It's been uh, almost 10 years since I have seen him in the flesh, but you know, he seems to be doing all right. So yeah. shout out to Liam. <laughs> so basically, uh, after the uh, definitive thing <clears throat> was kind of fizzling out, you know, we uh, we had our run with, uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, Red Rocket and the Baby Ducks. Yeah. Should I go into that one a little bit? Well, it's up to you. It's, it's what you guess. feel. Yeah. So, if you want, this is, we've done a lot of definitive talk. Okay. Briefing our whole high school. Uh, the Ducks. early Eric, goober days. Eric of... and I's working relationship as of, from, <laughs> from 2009 or 2006 to 2012. <laughs> yeah, really, so, yeah tw- really 12 years in yeah. the making. So then we enter like the postmodern period where hipsterism is in full swing. People are discovering what bougie-ness is. <laughs> uh, the stuff, what was it? Stuff white people like is on the uh, New York Times bestseller list. And I have two cancers. Um, yeah. And so I'm not sure what kind of, it's probably the medication at the time, but I'm just, I, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, these guys are the ones that are like in touch with me. Like they're the ones who take me to see it. It's not, it's kind of a funny story. The other one. Um, Talking about 50 50? 50 50. Oh, yeah. God, oh boy. In retrospect, brutal. I regret doing that. Yeah, what a brutal movie to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sorry, man. I did not realize. We didn't know either. We just thought yeah. it was like JGL. Awesome. Yeah, that was in our JGL phase <laughs> where we loved the guy, <laughs> which I still do. But Yeah, Seth Rogen, JGL. What could go wrong? Yeah. No. It was. It was <laughs> It was, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, you were still heavily medicated yeah, at the time. Yeah, I will say I still enjoyed the movie. The movie's so good, but probably do not take somebody... I not really rewatched it. I haven't rewatched it, though. I mean, it's a good I movie. I haven't seen it like, on reruns either, so... It's a, it's a good movie, but it definitely gets heavy. In oh, yeah. And, it, it, you know, had I known what would have happened, yeah, definitely would not have done that. <laughs> I still feel bad about that. No, we still have, like, the best of intentions, right? It was it was a good movie to see in some ways. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe this this is, like, a relatable thing that can help with whatever, but it was you were not at the point where that was what you wanted to see or were ready to see, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's water under the bridge. We didn't know. I wanted to see it. I was the one pushing for it because I was like, somebody's making my life a movie. And yeah, JGL is playing me. Yeah, JGL <laughs> and Calvin, let's do it. I'm in. So th- this would have been, uh, I th- want to say 2012. Yeah, 2012 or something. Uh, kind of like spring 2012. <laughs> I'm still. Um, so at that time, I think we're getting into. In video productions, I discovered Adventure Time. I was somehow oh, on the Oh, <clears throat> that's right. I was somehow on the end for Adventure Time. I don't know how I discovered it, but I was really excited for this cartoon, and everybody was like, why are you being really weird for this cartoon? But I think we all then collectively discovered Adventure Time and then regular show. Well, Jake actually had been watching those. He just hadn't been talking to me about it. You were the one that showed it to me. And then that's that's when I was like, oh, fuck, this is awesome. And uh, I guess in one of the episodes of regular show, it's just like I think they discover a keyboard. Uh, It's like a bunch of like regular show is like the show about like a bunch. It's like an animated show, but it was basically like an adult swim show. Oh, yeah, totally. It was way more like adult oriented than any other show on like daytime, excuse me, daytime Cartoon Network. And it was uh, basically about these college dropouts. And one of these uh, one of the episodes the two main characters discover like a synthesizer and it's called like the power and the power (laughs) can like it has magical powers and like at one point one of the characters is just like just noodling around on the keyboard just like a bunch of baby ducks send them to the moon send them to the the moon (laughs) that's right and I guess I, I like the poetry or just the ring of that so much. Um, when combined with our nickname for Tyler at the time, Baby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was my way of like, 
of softening that, so it was became like I guess I was Red Rocket, and then Red Rocket and the Baby Ducks was like the next iteration of like our our Adventure Time cover songs. So that's all of our creative stuff still exists on the internet, which is a kind of interesting thing. Yeah, I, I haven't removed anything. Yeah, only only Steve has actually removed content from that I posted on the internet back, back when I was part of the uh, Lost Beat 6 Twitter which would be a frequent occurrence I'd, I'd post something at 3.30am and then in the morning it wouldn't be there but back to back to Baby Ducks uh, it was starting to get like pretty actually like touch and go like it could feel like things were not going good for me and I was like well okay uh, I wanna I want to play, I want to play with my friends. I did not just like one last time, but like you guys knew how like dire. I, it was not we, we were very concerned. We were not sure what was going to happen. We yeah. were hopeful, but we were, yeah, it was certainly very scary. I was, I mean, I was getting worse. And so I was just like, guys, just get down here. Let's record like a song. And um, Tyler actually introduced me, I think, to like Ben Gibbard and um, uh, And Death Cab. Death Cab for Cutie. And I was just like, all right, well, this is how I'm going to like wrestle with my mortality. We're going to play I Will Follow You Into the Dark. And um, basically kind of forced Tyler to drive down because he was the only one that could drive. But Uh, Steve could drive too. I didn't have my, that when I was living in the dorms right when i was living in an apartment off the dorm he was he was happy to do it he was i think just he, i remember him being very stressed and we head down and, and i didn't want to play you and tyler had had uh heated not heated but uh you know discussion uh, or disagreements about uh oh i, I understand no I, I mean we were all in high school we all had like our defense mechanisms but we all college i mean we were fresh out of high school in college in college this all that true. stuff that, that happens to at high school it doesn't like just go away yeah. it just becomes immediately dumped off and that's why freshmen are so yeah. terrible it's because they're just like this is how we survived high school uh, <laughs> and then you have to like untrain them to become like yeah. functional adults um but anyway yeah so we go there and i'm just in the corner and then i got tubes in my hand but i got my ukulele yep and uh, I remember Jake was just like, so what are you eating? And I'm just like, oh, just broth. And he's just like, so beef juice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. Uh, it's just like, that's pretty, that's pretty crappy. And I'm like, yeah, it is pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah, there, there'd be no beefing without Jake. Yeah. He's, he's more essential than I am. And um, like, while there's literally like just tubes in my hand, we just do this, uh, we do this cover of just on my laptop in Audacity, like, I will follow you into the dark. Which we are recording on Audacity right now. Yeah. It's a plug for Audacity. Tonight's presenting sponsors Audacity. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> no problem. Um, I still really like that track. Uh, uh, yeah, for being um, what I believe to be, uh, I think, an iPhone recording or an iPod Touch recording or something, it, it, it holds up. Yeah, in a kind of lo-fi way. A very like, lo-fi way, yeah. He ran it through some filters and put it in, like, an indie movie. I mean, like, ran it through some filters. It, it'd definitely be good, like, white noise, but... Uh, I don't know, you can feel the emotion in that track. We should have brought Truman uh, And you guys did some real interesting things, like Tyler played his banjo. Yeah, he was on the banjo, that's right. And Jake was doing some, like, interesting... I played, I played bass on a guitar in the dark. Oh, that's right. Oh, the God, bass line. right. I also did, like, an interesting, like, percussion thing on it, and then Jake also, like, threw in some interesting, like, vocalizations, and it became, like, this really cool, like, collaborative... It was, like, our version of that song, and, like, that song kind of had, like, uh, no worries. Um, but I I'm going to bring this up in a minute, don't worry. Oh, no trust? Yeah. No, that's definitely. Um, but I think back we in the day. Grab him out, get him out of his bed. We, we kind of made Told that. wife about Nugfest. Oh, Nugfest. Hey, that's your crowning triumph in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I think documenting and, and covering Nugfest the way you did in that whole documentary. That was classic. Nugfest. Yeah, and I showed it, I think, at Miss Berman's like class symposium. And everybody was like, you have kind of like a, you, your <laughs> voice was, needs to be Wasn't one of the goals to sabotage and put it in the video yearbook, too? Um, we had lots of crazy goals senior year, some of which we accomplished. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, were, we, we set out an ambitious... Uh, it was the uh, turtles. Yeah. It was the turtles. Oh, boy. But... Um, Camarillo High School <laughs> terrorist organization. <laughs> Just to throw a... Like a, a tight 
I'm the, I will follow you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I really don't, this is actually a very important part of your life. I don't want to, like, I know, no worries. I don't, I don't mean to, like, to derail it from... No, I mean, it's, it's, it's stream of consciousness. It's all tied into all that other stuff, and there was, like, a This is how the real podcasts ours. roll, by the way. Yeah. And I think this is actually going to make the cut. <laughs> Sometimes we do this with Kentucky and Jim, and they just, like, uh, don't play that out. Like, don't, like, come on. Calling you out, dudes. Come on. Be cool. Of, uh, like a lot of emotions kind of come back. It's kind of out of tune, but like I can feel Zach Brass like nodding in the corner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I just, I just maybe goes for a while. It's a, it's a super interesting. Wow. Yeah, man. That, that was a great day. That was a super awesome day. Took you, uh, took you a little while, but you're back on the train. I will say, to have you here with us right now and what I was unsure about seven years ago was... I'm, I'm really happy that things have gone how they have. I kind of try to find a silver lining in it, and I try to have this kind of good baseline now, where if I'm not dying, I'm awesome. I'm having a good day. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it's the, you know, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Yep. Yeah, and there'd be times where you know, we wouldn't hear from you for a couple months back then, even though we were contacting, because just, you know, there was no contact possible due to circumstances, and we really weren't sure what was going on. Yeah, there was, uh, it's actually kind of funny, I would talk to, like, my doctor after we were, like, after I was in the mission. And he would, he's the entire time, he was like, you're good, you're fine, you're good, you're doing great. Um, but after I was in remission, he was like, uh, yeah, it was pretty touch and go in some areas for a moment there. I wasn't sure. And I was like, you bastard! <laughs> I knew I was dying! <laughs> like, the very grim reaper is like in the corner and it's just okay. like, is that, is that, this is a true health care question, health care question. So is that, is that like good bedside banner or is that, is that like deceitful bedside banner? It's, it's, you can't be the patient, you're not allowed to be the patient anymore. Like by a crack is, is sort of encouraging. It is, like, there is like a mental thing where you can mix up all these words. No, the, there's been many research, or much research done on the uh, power of your body and its functions being more effective when you have a positive or hopeful yeah. Yeah. mindset. That is a proven thing. Right. Okay. Then we had to yeah. establish that that was good side. That he was doing you good. In some, <laughs> in some ways, I think, in some other ways, not so much. Yeah, we, we don't know the specifics, it's, only it's you do. It's complicated, right? In some areas, you want to know the truth. In some areas, I know not. Oh, wow, this one is a real old one. But I'm yeah. Boy, wow. This is a cover of. Can people hear this? Uh, I'm not sure. In the background. Okay. Um, if people can hear this, this is our cover of. Um, when I don't remember you. Yeah. When I don't remember you. This is Jake's old girlfriend. Wow. This I think we recorded at uh, your place actually, Steve. Yeah. And here's Jake doing the second verse as uh, the Ice King. It's it's one of the I mean, best a, moments in like 
a, a children's cartoon I can think of is like the sequence here. Yeah, I know some love from uh, Adventure Time. Did I ever tell you guys that I actually became, because I like these songs so much, I actually looked into who the songwriter was. Yeah, Rebecca Sugar. Rebecca Sugar. Yeah, and we you sent her the uh, the, the the cover we did uh, of Mar- Marceline's song is the one you sent her. Yeah. Because that's the one we did first. And she liked it. And she liked it, yeah. She liked it. Because um, it was good. Mind. Because we're good at music. <laughs> I mean... It's the takeaway of the definitives. She's known for being, like, nice and everything, but she was very, like... Like, I messaged her, and I was like, could you send me, like... Like, your, I knew she did, like, a, a comic at CalArts. I always wanted to go to CalArts, and I knew she went there, and so she sent me, like, a signed comic. And, like, this was back then. Nice. In YouTube, where you could just contact someone. Oh, you and contacted her? That's right, through YouTube. Through YouTube. Yeah, this would have been 2011, maybe early 2012. And she sent one. Before Google took it over and fucked mm, it up. No, no I think that Google, was after Google. But no, they, they, no they, right they, they, they didn't have their fingers in all as many holes, maybe. Um, many pies. <laughs> I like how kind of like horrid and like ironic it is. It was like who we had to be at that time to like survive. Yeah, I think we also did that one at the hospital. I think it was only um, uh, uh, I won't remember you. I won't remember you. I that was really, said, Steve's. I never really cut, tied the dots together, but I actually like developed like amnesia a little bit during one of those months. You could not count, like contact me. Like I. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I got uh, like memento. I couldn't form new memories for like a week. Damn. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff happens when you're on chemo, uh, especially if. You're, yeah. yeah. The song, my favorite song from Richard Time is always the credits song. The island song. Kind of oh, yeah, that one's great, yeah. That's a good one. We, we never ended up covering that one, but that that's, uh, that's a classic. That one on the list. Uh, I, I could never find it on, like, iTunes or, or anywhere where I could uh, look it You could download it on MySpace. I ended up downloading it <laughs> off of YouTube. Uh, nice. Yeah, what those uh, YouTube like converter song, things. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've oh, got a couple. I, I have. I've had a couple of those in the day. Yeah. What's funny about Rebecca Sugar is that she actually ended up having her own show, which well, she yeah. wrote right all which, of the songs. I mean, maybe not as successful as Adventure Time, but Steven Universe is, you know. Oh, is that what? I think so, Steven yeah. Universe pretty pretty successful. I think. Uh, very successful. Yeah. Uh, I think Adventure Time though is definitely the poster child for like the like. I'm not sure what to call it, like postmodern cartoons, like cartoons for like. People. Well, it, it set a nice blueprint for like a great balance of comedy for kids, character development, enjoyable for adults. You know, all all of these things. It was so well balanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I can only speak for the first four seasons. I, I never finished season and, five, but. You know, tw- a lot of creative ideas. Incredibly creative. But, like, from that came, like, Bravest Warrior. Bravest Warriors is great. Being Puppy Cat, um, Steven Universe, yep. regular show. Yeah, um, no, it, it was. Living in summertime. No, Adventure Time was definitely. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying, you know, uh, the po- postmodern cartoon, if, if we want to call it that, I don't, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but, you know. I know what you mean by that. Do you remember the time we went to WonderCon? Yes, in and 2011. Yeah. And no, no, 2012. I don't uh, remember when you guys went. I didn't go. Yeah, I had to call uh, the whiskey and tell them we had to cancel, and they told me, you can't cancel. You still have to pay us. And I'm like, well, I guess we're still playing the show. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that was WonderCon 2012. <laughs> in, in the back <laughs> of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the whiskey, at the last definitive show. Yeah, the instrumental the definitive show. The poster. Is uh, Jake was wall. removed from the band uh, against his will and against our will. Against our, yeah. Whew. So I was dealing with trying to figure out that yeah. whole situation during that day, but yeah. Corey drove <clears throat> uh, me and him in the pouring, blasting rain. Yeah. 
And were you in the car with me and Corey? I was, I think I was in the car with you and Corey. I was like not super duper, like I didn't have like all my marbles back at that time. Yeah. Um, I just know Tyler met us there because his yeah. family was in the the, the area. Where but I remember the... Is this LA Convention Center? No, Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Corey drove uh, us in his car in like the literal blasting rain to where you could not see the car in front of you. He's in the fast lane, you know, yeah. on the fucking five. And we're just like, oh, God. <laughs> and we met Tyler there. But uh, th- that that was a good WonderCon. That was a good WonderCon. And I remember going in line to see Pendleton Ward and, like, want to get Denny's because I wanted some food in there. And we were, like, last in line. And we didn't actually get to meet him. And I was, like, I was, like straight up like, in tears. I was, like, I was super, duper stoked to see this guy, like, who meant, like, a yeah, lot to me. Definitely. Just, like, who was, like, this... You know, this, like, this creative, like, you know, hero of mine. Yeah, I mean, 2012 was right when it really started to blow up. That was at the end or maybe beginning of season four, maybe end of season three. It was, like, really when the show had started to show its potential. Yeah. And really come into fruition all of the incredible things they've been building and foreshadowing. And then I remember, yeah, I was just like, yeah, you can't see him. And I was like, I was like distraught and I saw this one lady I don't know who you are lady at WonderCon who is like sat aside and like I remember Maria Bamford was there and she was like really like sad for me um I'm sorry who is she Maria Bamford she's a comedian um she's a voice of a lot of characters in Adventure Time uh Adventure oh, okay. Time also had like a lot of voice actors from like the comedy scene okay I, I remember the panel we went to before what you're describing yeah. there there was a lot of members yeah and um this lady goes over and talks to Pendleton Ward in the hush voice and like Penn Ward comes to me and is like hey you want to hang out for a bit and I was like, what? <laughs> Who that, could this? I think I was somewhere else when this was happening, yeah. but I remember hearing about it and I was very, uh, it it made the whole thing worth it, to be honest. Yeah. And I got to hang, like, it was like a, almost like a make, it was like an informal, like, make a wish thing. It was like obvious that I was very sick at the time. Like, my yeah. face was bloated, like, I had like a beanie on. Like, I was it's pretty pale. I was pretty pale. I yeah. Was obviously very sick. Um, and, like, and, like, he came up to me and he just, hung out with me for like 10 minutes and we walked around WonderCon. Um, like he gave me like a hug and like, he told me like, yeah, I'm not even like comfortable hugging my mom, dude. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh my uh, God, you're no, an amazing he, person. Did you actually go lump off mom? <laughs> he is the voice of the uh, uh, lumpy space. LSP, yeah. <laughs> he, I think he did like some, he was LSP. He did some voices. Um, he signed like he signed some comps. He signed a ukulele for oh, me. I told him like, hey, my brother's thinking about going to Cal Arts, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get behind that. Wonderful. Um, and then like the last part, like just before we parted ways, um, there was this Marceline cosplayer, and oh, we nice. were walking by, and like the Marceline cosplayer uh, was just like, oh, do you think like somebody goes over and he's like, do you think you could take our picture? And, we are like, sure. And, like, we do, like, this awkward thing where they think that they want to get the picture with Penn. And um, and the Marceline cosplayer, but the person just gets in, like, and sets up for, and poses like he just wants to be around the Marceline cosplayer. And we both do this double take, me and Penn, and we realize, they don't realize that he's the creator of the show. And they've asked him to do, like, a selfie of like one of the characters and they don't know that they've just asked him to just be the cameraman and we both do this double take and we just kind of laugh and he takes the picture that's fantastic that's that's actually a true con experience yeah Yeah, back then man don't you know that I uh, it, it was big, it wasn't that big. Yeah. When, that was the, I think, one of the last years before WonderCon and like con culture in general, like, really blew up. Where, like, being a nerd became, like, really cool. Yep. Uh, it was still kind and of profitable. like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the bigger... Most importantly, profitable. Most importantly, profitable. Yeah, yeah. After, like, after Adventure Time, all that became, like... Yeah, you get Joe's no, Schmo's no, Collider videos, Scream Jokies. A lot of, a lot of, like, uh, 
Well, all of a sudden those muscular, like, jock, jock dudes start talking about Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. But at that time, it was still, like, outsider art. Like, Adventure Time. Hey, can you imagine that lineup at that panel being as not full as it was? It wasn't even a full panel. No, and, like, we were We did not have to stand in line. We didn't have to stand in line. At fucking Anime Expo in 2017, I had to stand in line for everything. And didn't get into shit. Yeah, but it was it was I, it was it was simpler ish at that time. It had to yeah. blown up. Like yep. we liked Adventure Time because we had like grown up on like Newgrounds and like all this weird outsider art. Yeah, I think a Simpsons is a big influence on Pelton Board. You know, Simpsons, Miyazaki, yep. uh, Dungeons and Dragons, it all like came together for Adventure Time. Uh, and just yeah, it was just. Uh, just a really good moment just to be there oh. yeah no I I'm glad I'm it, it actually made I, I don't know if you've ever even explained that to me fully what happened when you met up I don't I think this is the first time I'm hearing it and this is you yeah, know, I heard this too. six you thought you were six years ago say, <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know I don't wanna uh, that's I what happens in these beach sessions yeah. exactly we probably in the past we, you know we find some things like I, I, I've been rewatching some of your videos while this is going on in silent, you know, but I'm, I'm still like in awe of what Nugfest was. <laughs> I think if there's a point to end it on, which we're running a little we're bit longer, <clears throat> I think Nugfest yeah. 2010, I want to yeah. say? 2009. Yeah. 2009. Nugfest 2009. <clears throat> what was a, was a watermark? Oh boy, yeah. So I, I, like, like, I'm looking at like, okay, I'm just looking at this, and I can see all these people. Uh, I'm gonna turn the volume for this. Yeah. Get it, mate. I don't know why I've been pausing. Uh. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Is this the time where I can go to the bathroom for a little bit, Thank you. and then we can wrap up? Is there an ad for this video? No, I actually pressed Nobri Plaza's awkward and weird video. And didn't immediately correct it? Well, it takes a while for me to get the finger down and just go back. Chandler, do you think you're pretty good? What? How long? Yeah, probably us. I'm gonna have to hold that a little closer to the mic there, Steve. <clears throat> oh, fucking. Is that Travis? Fucking Travis Allen. A little closer. <laughs> oh man, that's right. It's been a while, man. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. A micro documentary. <laughs> Ben still looks the same, I gotta say. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't think I've seen him in a couple of years, but... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, is that Jay in the background? Yeah. Oh, classic. Classic. This is America, folks. I think I think we gotta go. Thanks, thanks, Calvin, for coming on tonight. This has been. I just want to make a point that one of these one of these guys went insane after this happened. I'm very well aware. I was very good friends with Austin in middle school. Yeah. Was it Nugfest that caused the insanity? No, I'm not sure. Oh, there's adversary. That's a whole other situation we probably don't want to get into on something we post online.